you have fully vacant units on your property that you have mothballed until next semester? If you do, I bet you've thought to yourself, we should list those on Airbnb for game day weekends or for parents visiting their kids. Maybe you're in a college town like Austin or Raleigh or Tallahassee, and your city has large festivals and not enough hotel rooms. You know you could lease those units on a nightly or a weekly basis. Providing short-term rentals on platforms like Airbnb can provide a great source of ancillary income. But it takes some, uh, all right, excuse me, it takes a lot of organization. There's the additional setup of providing linens and coffee makers and all the little things that a short-term tenant will expect. Then there's the regulatory and tax issues that could require additional work. More importantly, there's the time and labor to market on all the multiple platforms, handle the reservations and cancellations, the cleaning, and then there's the bookkeeping. All of this turns into a big distraction from the main job at hand, which is operating and leasing your property. That's where Vector Travel comes in. These guys know the short-term rental industry and they know how to relieve all of those burdens from the property manager. And best of all, they've become experts in how to do that with student properties. They understand the complexity of mixing travelers with college students. They know it so well, they can quickly identify if a student property is not going to be a good fit for their program. So if you have vacant units, reach out to Vector Travel and have them do a free, no obligation assessment to determine if enrolling your vacant units in their program will be beneficial. Go to VectorStays.com forward slash SHI. Fill out a quick form to receive more information. You will also get the first month service fee waived by going to that specific landing page. Again, that's VectorStays.com forward slash SHI. Recording one, two. Well, hello everyone. Uh, I'm not Wes. My name is Adam Yarber. I'm filling in for Wes. Uh, we are here at NMHC Student in beautiful Huntington Beach, California, in my very cool ADA suite, <laughs> and I have some really cool characters here with me, hanging out and. Uh, yeah, I'm going to let you guys introduce yourself, so we'll start here to my left, which all of you in the listing can obviously see me gesturing. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm always, on, I'm always on the left here, so this is perfect. Uh, yeah, I'm Ryan Hand. I'm a Vice President of Business Development and Client Relationships for CA Ventures. I've uh, been in student housing for quite some time uh, and enjoy it. And I think the, the greatest thing about it is my mom... As I was growing up, always said, Ryan, you're destined to be in student housing, uh, which is absolutely not true. I think a lot of us <laughs> got into this uh, very much on accident. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, but we're no, learning. Happy, happy to be here. We're learning how to use this recorder here, so. <laughs> so it sounds like friends when we do the laugh track. Oh, me. Okay. Yeah. Hi, everyone. I'm Lindsay Brown. I am from Campus Advantage. I'm the Senior Vice President of Leasing and Marketing been in the industry going on 19 years now and uh, knew from the second I stepped on site as a community assistant in 2002 that this was going to be my path and I absolutely love it. That's so cool. I am Camille Dameron. I'm a solutions account manager for RealPage. Um, Legacy, modern message, client service executive. So I have some love for reputation from my MM fam. Awesome. (laughs) 
Hi, and my name is Tori Seifert, and I too am with RealPage. Um, I'm a solutions account manager, formerly of you know, with Modern Message as well. So excited! Awesome. And I am Adam Yarber, and I am with Campus Advantage, Director of Resident Experience. And I started my career many, many moons ago. Uh, Ryan, we were actually texting about this, but Ryan was a social media manager at American Camp. I don't know if that was your exact title. <laughs> something like that. Something like that. <laughs> and I just, uh, Ryan doesn't know this, but like I worshiped the ground Ryan worked on or walked on because he was from corporate uh, and I was a communi lowly community assistant. And he took time out of his day to come to Raiders Crossing and the woods of Greenland to show me how to do Craigslist. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Back in the day. Stop it. So, yeah, I think it was pre Craigslist killer. Thank goodness. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. this was yeah. Back in the <laughs> single digits of Social media is a little little different. <laughs> yeah. I still use Craigslist. I'm just kidding. That's I, a different podcast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This was before Facebook. We saw like the check-ins and stuff like that. Um, on the doors of like uh, Foursquare. Do you all remember Foursquare? I remember, Square? I remember launching Foursquare at ACC. Wow. wow. That's, uh, that's a blast from the past. Yeah. Do you still check in places, Lindsay? No, I do not. No. <laughs> I have I, an uncle who does. Yeah. <laughs> Every now and then he'll like be at the deli shop with Camille Dameron. I'm like, okay. Oh. You know, the crazy thing is I don't need to check in anywhere. Google just knows. <gasps> True. Google's and so it just pops up after I leave there. And it's like, how did you like your sandwich at XYZ? Oh, mine They're doesn't do that. How do you know every that? Move. Mine doesn't do that yet. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, sorry, I just have to say something about Foursquare because I think the value of reputation and, and things, I was always curious. I was like, what is Foursquare's real value of, of these check-ins? And, I was listening to this investor call and they were talking about how before Chipotle released their earnings statement, Foursquare put out an announcement saying, we believe, you know, the uh, stock's going to go up about 25 or 30% based on check-ins. Mm -hmm. And it was like at that moment that I was like, holy cow, like, yeah, obviously yeah. harnessing yeah. the power of big data and everything like that. But um, now obviously we're being tracked everywhere, but I was like, holy cow. Now I see the value of this, yeah. this yeah, amazing, right. you know, this amazing thing that we were just kind of playing around and having fun with. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. So if you haven't gathered by now, uh, <laughs> we are libations and reputation. Um, we have a bottle of wine here, but it is closed because we don't have a wine opener in this beautiful resort. So in theory, we're with you. Hopefully you're relaxing at home, listening to this podcast and have a bottle of wine. But yeah, um, reputation is something that's, such a critical part in kind of all, all we all do, you know, and it's, it's grown into something that's even bigger. And with our, our population of students that we're serving, they're looking at reviews oftentimes before they're even stepping foot in, in the door of one of our communities that oftentimes that will knock a community out completely, you know? So uh, today we want to talk about what is reputation, why it's important and how does it impact the, the, a renewal experience and a leasing experience. So Lindsay, I'm gonna to look to you. You and I talk okay. about this often often. What do you in your mind, what is reputation? You know, reputation is is so much more than just an online review, which yeah. a lot of people that's exactly where their mind goes to immediately. But reputation encompasses so much more than that. It's the action that you take. Uh, when you do get those reviews, it's the follow up, it's the sentiment of the entire community in which you're serving, your market, your university. Um, it drives revenue. It yeah. drives renewals. It drives everything. And it's such a key, important part yeah. of what we do in this industry. And, and I love that we're really 
focusing on it as an industry lately and um, and putting more behind it, not just a number, not just get X number of reviews, but right. what are you doing with that? How are you changing the experience at the community for the better? So yeah. these reviews don't keep popping up in the future. Yeah. You know, one thing I always tell our teams is reputation and result not specific, uh, of, of specific actions, right? Um, you know, the result is getting a five-star review on Google, but the actions are delivering great service or their their unit being ready on move-in day and it's clean mm-hmm. or, you know, X, Y, Z, whatever. That is a result of that. Um, and I think it's important. I think early on in, in our history, you know, talking about Foursquare and all that kind of stuff, <laughs> we didn't know a lot about reputation as it related to how it impacts the consumer's decision to purchase, buy, if you will. Um, but, you know, in, in the early days, it was just like, oh, you need to get five Google reviews. I don't care how you get them. We're going to mm-hmm. get my aunt's dog's cousin's sister, Sally, to leave a review. <laughs> and you got five stars. Great. No one cared. But now it's so much more important. Um, it, and what's more important is the substance of the review as yeah. well, not mm-hmm. just the star rating. Because our demographic, the Gen Z, they're reading. And mm-hmm. what they're seeing in the responses is what they are going to make their decision off of. So if you have a community that has some, you know, not so great reviews, if the community is jumping in, they're handling those, they're taking care of the resident, and then they're responding to it in there with what they've done, that's going to have a higher impact on someone than a page that has 55 star reviews, but zero comments on there. What are you ladies seeing from, the real page side of things. And I know you work with Martin message and like, that's a major piece of that. Yeah. I would say, um, I think the value of our product community rewards specifically is that we're able to pull out the resident advocates. And I think that that's the, Mm. a big hole that's in the reputation space is that, you know, you can go onto certain websites that hold reviews and oftentimes it's the place to go if it's been a bad day and you need to vent about how you're, you know, experience was with move-in. Um, but with, what's cool about our program is that we're able to incentivize your reviews, period. Not just if they're good or bad. But with that, most people love living at their apartments, but they just aren't incentivized or motivated or used to writing about their place that they live. Um, so what's unique about Community Rewards is that it really does just advocate for, just tell us how you're doing. Tell yeah. us how you're feeling and write a five-star review. And I think what's really unique about us as well is that um, every website has their own terms and service in terms of reputation and incentivizing for reviews. Um, And we do a really good job of making sure that we are in line with every other site that we are pushing those reviews out towards um, to make sure that we, you know, aren't... That we're compliant. Yeah, we're compliant with everybody. And, you know, so what we do is we give 2,500 points on our program which is a dollar and twenty five cents. <laughs> sounds like twenty, or you know, sounds like that much money, but it's um, you know, a dollar and twenty five cents. And then we prompt the residents to then post that review onto Facebook and Google. So, but we aren't incentivizing them to post onto Facebook and Google. Right. So what's cool is that a lot of times you'll see there's a really great turnover onto those sites just because it's the next action. So our design team works really hard to make sure it's intuitive to go to Google and Facebook, but it's not 
you're not pressured with money to do that. Yeah. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. and to, to add to that part, so for the property teams, you know, they're able to see those uh, those reviews that are left by your residents. And so, if it's you know good good review or bad review, if it's a bad review, you know, they have the information there to contact the resident yeah. to make that you know to you know to address whatever issue that it is. And uh, we're also able to kind of um, even take it a step you know further and report those KPIs to you know the corporate teams and say mm-hmm. you know these are how many reviews your property team has gotten. This is how quickly they respond to these reviews, you know, et cetera. So yeah. Yeah. I think it's really important what you guys are saying to have in the industry, whether it's modern message mm-hmm. or whoever to have that barrier yeah. there, that middle barrier to yeah. catch negative or positive reviews yeah. before they go live. Totally. Um, and especially those negative, because if they have that space mm-hmm. that they can talk and, and, explain to us what the issue is and we take care of it before they go to these public platforms that's the ultimate goal right there i will say all of our reviews are housed on a we create a public facing review Mm -hmm. site for every property that works with us so it is able to be found by owners and managers and prospects and everybody and i think what's cool about that though is that you will see a higher sentiment on our site just because we're able to pull out not just the people who are super excited or super mad. We're pulling out like the middle ground of people who are just like, mm-hmm. cool, it's it's great. There's yeah. something yeah. that changes. It's, it's a four out of five. Exactly. It's, yeah. yeah. Which I think is, I mean, I think that's such a good point. And what I have heard from you know people in the space, owners, yeah. whoever it is, a sentiment of, well, you're only going to get, if I open it up to reviews, I'm only going to get the people that are really mad. And right. I think we've all had that experience yeah, where we totally. weren't happy and, you know, we, we were prompted to want to leave something negative. Yeah. Um, but I've also been the guy who had a really <laughs> great experience. And I think, again, what we're talking about reputation, Lindsay, you said it really well. It's so much more than just the online review. Yeah. Yep. It's, it's how you respond. It's, it's, you know, what you do afterward to change. And I, I love Modern Message. I love what you guys do. And I think that, there's that middle ground is so important because mm-hmm. again, like I get a lot of people like, well, you're only going to get I'm like, no, you're going to get positive too. But it is that middle ground is important That's because huge. you know, you it, it, exactly. Yeah. And it's, it's, that is probably a good like amount of meat that you can take and make something so much better. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's a big other part of kind of the, our thought process behind reputation and what our platform does is, not only are we asking for a review, but then we also, in 90 days, ask them for another review. So that way you're able to see how the property responded to that specific issue if they follow up and say, mm-hmm. hey, 90 days ago I had a really bad moving experience and I wrote about it here. 90 days later, yeah. you know, Ashley was so helpful. She made sure that I was super taken care of and I feel so much better about this living situation. So that way prospects, owners, everyone can see the real life cycle of a resident versus just a snapshot of what October 4th looked like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and it's kind of like a sandwich, yeah. right? You know, you've got move in day, you got move out day. It's that space in between. Totally. That's the good stuff. Like, you know, like we can do yeah. away with the bread. Do you remember the double down? Where it was down? Remember that? God, that was uh, the chicken sandwich from KFC. That was a chicken sandwich made out Between of chicken sandwiches. But it's it's so crucial that that space in between of what we do and, and how we get to where we're going, which is ultimately a move out day in the mm-hmm. life cycle of our our customer, is almost as important as what their overall sentiment experience is because they mm-hmm. they sum that up. So, right from your perspective, in, in terms of business development and and you know, as you're looking at new properties to acquire or talking with 
ownership groups, you know, how, how important is reputation and, and what role does that play? Yeah, I would say it's incredibly important. And again, I think a lot like our industry, it's just become more and more important. Mm-hmm. Uh, every single owner I talk to is aware. Um, I think the one thing that I try to steer them away from is because a lot of ownership groups, um, especially uh, these smaller owners that just have maybe a small portfolio, a couple properties, maybe just one property, maybe they're new to student housing. They always pinpoint, you know, the one or two or three mm-hmm. bad reviews. And they're yeah. always like, but I saw this one and and I have to tell them that there's a bigger picture to that. Um, and I think, again, like as a company and, and all our co- all the companies in the space that are trying to improve the reputation, uh, you know, we take a lot of active steps to listen, to improve, and to turn the one star into the five star raving fan. Right. Um, but again, for ownership groups, having spending your time looking at the one negative review uh, yeah. isn't isn't as helpful as thinking why do we get that? How do we get better? Yeah. Um, and I think what they're starting to understand is how in tune our demographic that you know our our teams on site are selling to are really paying attention to those reviews. They're soaking them in, they're looking. And and again, whether you're seeing Google or Facebook or Modern Message, um, when you search, it has an impact. I mean, it, it has an impact on me. Mm-hmm. I yeah. had lunch a couple hours ago, took people out. Well, guess what? I didn't look at the three-star places on Yelp. <laughs> exactly. Right. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, is that fair? Maybe not if they've had some unfair things, but it's really important because <laughs> in my role, I'm not, you know, only trying to have a good meal, but I'm also trying to have a good experience for the people I'm with right. because yeah, that, exactly. that's part of my responsibility. And I think the ownership group feels the same way. They're yeah. really in tune to saying, you know, if, are we really a three-star apartment? Mm-hmm. Um, I think the one <laughs> other thing to say is it's not, it's not always about just being the class A closest, nicest thing either. Right. I've, yeah. you know, worked yeah. with many class B and C communities that have five-star reviews. And again, that comes down to people, how they've responded, who they've talked to, because that's a viable group of people that are searching as well and just have a different, you know, lifestyle, aspiration, different um, budget, whatever it might be. They're they're looking for a different experience than just the high rise next to campus. I think, you know, in in the world of marketing, you've got your three Ps, right? Your, um, Your people, your product, and your placement. Is that right? Th- the three P's? People price. 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 <laughs> it's all right. He's not, in, well, he's, he's not in leasing. I'm not in leasing. <laughs> you get, there's a lot of P's being yeah. thrown around the in the world. Promotion. The three P's. Yeah. Yeah. yeah promotion. Like purple. Yeah. Uh, purple. <laughs> you've got, you know, when you think about it, you've got your your placement, your product, and your pricing. Right? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's promotion. People. Promotion. Oh, people. What oh, is people. it? People, okay. product, Lindsay, price. Lindsay, okay. speak it. I haven't had any. Ryan just said people, product, price. People, product, price. I want to add a fourth one called perception. Sure. Oh, price. I like that. Yeah, Ooh. because the review creates that perception. And our customers, they're smart enough to differentiate between a list of reviews where so-and-so had a really bad experience. It was isolated to them. And they just went on caps lock and just yelled their head off mm-hmm. at the computer screen for an hour, as opposed to things that are consistently happening. If, if pest control shows up multiple times, that person, they're smart. These, oh, yeah. these mm-hmm. customers, they're smart. They, they read and they decipher information. You know, we talk about the eight second attention span, right? That's not because they're, they're ADD. It's because you guys, they filter it out so quickly. Yeah, and so they are they just, know. they're programmed to filter it out based on, is this a recurring pattern? Is the, is the apartment complex, are they responding to the issue? 
Um, or are they just saying, hey, contact us, we'll take care of it. You know, that's come one to of the leasing things. office. Yeah, come to the leasing office. I, I absolutely hate that. So I if you're on site and you're responding to reviews, do not. I'm going to look at your yeah. website. Do not say come out. And why? Or, why or is that important? give us a call. Yeah. yeah. Why is that important? Why? I mean, why is you're that putting important? it on them? You're say, putting yeah. the action on them, and then it's the their responsibility. They've already done their the job exactly in feeding you the information, right? Uh, we in um, Jay Bayer wrote a book called Hug Your Haters. I recommend it if you haven't read it. Um, it talks about on-stage and off-stage complaints. And when when our residents feel, or prospects for that matter, parents, we've even had, we've had vendors. We had turn vendors this year who left a negative review because what? they didn't get paid. Yeah. Wow. Um, so when folks don't feel like they're being heard yeah. in the various methods, they're going to take that on-stage. You know, so they've already done their job in saying, hey, this is a problem. I've tried to get it fixed. I'm not going to get it fixed. It's up to us now to correct that and, and to take note of that. So, well, because I think whenever you put a generic response like contact the leasing department, I think a lot of residents think that it's just a chatbot. You know, there's not somebody really behind yeah. there. So, you know, whenever you make it more personal and you actually, you know, call them and, you know, they, they know, you know, this is, you know, this is Lindsay and she cares, you know. Mm-hmm. So, well, and plus, I think too, we've heard a lot this conference about how, you know, this is a stat that they kept saying was 85% of the students um, haven't toured the Mm. actual apartment. Mm -hmm. And so all that they have to go off of is what the the floor plan looks like and what the reviews say. And I recently moved to Denver from Dallas and I had sight unseen moved to uh, an apartment in Denver and I, you know, got a tour virtually and I had to go off of reputation, mm-hmm. and that's all that, and especially in this day and age, um, with ever being, everything being so virtual and digital, um, that's that's where people are leaning into to make sure that their choices are correct. Well, and I think that even, you know, here at this conference, they even mentioned that, you know, they were um, conduct focus groups, and that it still will always come back to, you know, the question, um, why did you choose to live here? Because somebody, my friend, lived yeah. here and loved it. And yes. I mean, she said, you know, we can have all the focus groups, we can ask all the questions, but it's always going to come back to this yeah. being the number one answer. Well, and, and there's such a social culture, yeah. right? You know, everything is in, in real time. At Kimba's Vantage, over 65% of our residents that live with us currently heard about their property from a friend. Absolutely. You know, that's way bigger than Google, way bigger than that flyer you hand out at a football game or, oh, yeah. or whatever. So in reality, I think from a leasing perspective and a market perspective, if you're not focusing on your reviews and you're not focusing on that reputation, you're doing yourself a marketing disservice. Absolutely. Can we back up to the point of kind of taking responsibility for the review? Because I think that's so important. Mm-hmm. And, and I think the thought of, okay, go back to the leasing office, you know, or yeah. do this generically. Um, I know one thing that we've done and made sure that all of our part-time and full-time employees, but mostly our part-time employees feel empowered mm-hmm. to yes. be able to try to solve that issue. Yeah. Um, and again, I think it, it one takes a bit of pressure off one person going to everybody, especially if they weren't even involved in the situation. Yeah. Um, there's obviously the times it needs to be escalated, but I do think part of the reputation is being able to handle it in a timely man- manner and if you're always having to go to the property manager yeah. or you know try to find time to sit down, it's it's not as efficient or effective. And the property manager might not have been involved. It could have been yeah. something that was truly, um, you know, unfortunately this happened and, yeah. and it was my responsibility and I need to take care of yeah. it. And I think empowering the employees on site to be able to troubleshoot Definitely. and make sure that 
the right actions being taken. Now that might be going to the manager. Yeah, but this is where I'm a little torn mm-hmm. uh, in the strategy and how we move forward with this because right now we are in that model that you just said where it does go to a dedicated reputation specialist first. They are the, the first contact of it. And that's because what we saw when it went directly to the site is that wall go up, the defensiveness, yeah. mm-hmm. um, especially if there's names in it oh, or, yeah. or anything that like that. So much drama too. Yeah. And, yeah, and and you know, it's it, to remove the emotion out of it, we start with our reputation specialist. And then he it, he's really great about formulating how he's gonna approach it with yeah. the person in question yeah. or the site, or is you know, is it something that pertains more to leasing and events on site, okay, let's talk to our sales manager, our leasing manager. Is it something more operations, facilities? Let's, uh, I'll contact the general manager. So that's the approach we've taken and it seems to be working really well. It's that dual approach where they are still involved, they've got a voice, but we're protecting them from being that first line. Absolutely, yeah, it's, a, a it's a mediation. It's mm-hmm. an yeah. impartial third party. It's like which, a dance. Absolutely. That's a skill to have is to <laughs> be is. able to manage people's you know frustrations and then to be able to turn it into a solution mm-hmm. is a life skill and, a, mm-hmm. and an employable skill. So yeah. to hire somebody whose job is focused on that is very cool. I hope well, someone I, just goes and gives him a hug every once in a while. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. We hug out. him all the time. Yeah. Shout out to Marky Mark Rankins. Hey. Uh, if you're listening, Mark, we really love you. Yes. Uh, I'm gonna, I owe you lunch. Uh, <clears throat> no, it, 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 is so, it is so critical. And I think, you know, in customer service, rule number one is don't take it personal. Yeah. Right. You know, off, you know, I, we were talking about this earlier today. Like yeah. I've been called out on reviews. I've never met this person before. Never, <laughs> never set foot on that property. Mark has been called out on reviews. He's just the guy who's responding to them. So they're, the, you yeah. know, we I love th- you, Mark. Yeah. Thanks. Mark. Yeah. I think, I, I think it it's boils- a learned thing for us though. Cause now we can take it. Um, I mean, yeah. yeah, I've been in this industry. We were all a little older, but for our, our CAs, our yeah. 18 yeah. to 24. Well, even our leasing managers too. They're, they're coming manager. right out of that. Mm-hmm. Some of them are just, out of college you have to pour into them well it's the passion too it you know when you are you know you were talking about looking at ryan talking about it just like the handful of negative reviews same thing for our site teams when they look at their reputation they google themselves let's say and they see these negative reviews and they're just focusing on that and it really takes the breath out of them takes the wind out of them we've seen but you know empowering them to say yes that may have been the perception in the past that may have been some folks experience but we're going to learn from that and we're going to move forward. So I think, you know, from a training perspective, reviews are the best teacher. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, they're, they're free. <laughs> um, you don't have to have a training department craft them. Uh, if you're from a small company that doesn't have a training department, you know, and, and it's direct feedback from the people who are laying our, their heads. And, and I, you know, being the resident experience guy, I always go back to, we work in the homes of our customers, mm. you know, and, and no other industry is that a thing, right? Right? You know, our residents, when they're with us, they are most vulnerable, right? You know, I always go back to when I was on site as a general manager, and a lady came down and she was wearing her slippers and her muumu, yep. and she had her hair and curlers. <laughs> And she was so upset. And I just, I remember my, telling myself. Why are you telling the story about us? <laughs> <laughs> this was I'm me. so embarrassed. <laughs> but it's like, you know, it, that really clicked for me as a manager of like, this is, this is important mm-hmm. because, yeah. you know, I think about my apartment complex and all the issues that I've had. Mm. 
Listen, that's I'll, a whole other podcast. It's a whole other podcast. <laughs> We're getting more wine than we've right. done. Um, but it's just like, yeah. we have that ability to, to make that impact on that person. So like, I, I think it, it's our duty as, as operators, as managers to, to look at those reviews and to learn from them and, and to correct them. And, but that creates better products yeah. that creates a more valuable product. You know, you've got a, you know, leasing falls in line. Lindsay, you want to talk a little bit about leasing and what kind of we're seeing in terms of trends of folks looking at the reviews and like how important that is, even asking for reviews on tours. Oh, absolutely. We see a, a strong correlation between a properties review, um, Google score or a score, all of the different KPIs that we look at when it comes to reputation management, there is a direct correlation to the leasing at the property, the velocity, the rates, the revenue. Um, and that's why I think in our industry, it is such a big topic right now because the the topic of revenue came up. I, I forget, and I feel so bad. I forget who just did a study on it. Real page. Real page. Yep. Yeah. I don't know that. Y'all might, may not be, but they just put it out. It's right. Yeah. I think it's, Axiometrics? Axiometrics. Where it was an actual study with data that showed for the first time ever that there is an actual correlation between revenue increasing at a property and their reputation score. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's got people's ears perked up. People who don't, nor- like the, the dollar and cents guys. Yeah. yeah. For I'm sure. pointing at Ryan. Well, you know, no, I, it's a, it's Ryan. a really Not good point. my world. No, no, no. It's a really good point because uh, like you're saying, good reputation, faster leasing, pushing rates, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, what what sometimes is lost on site and it's, it's not a matter of uh, anything but just thinking about it is pushing $5, $10, $15 rates, it seems like, okay, this is a little bit of money, but applied to a cap rate at a sale is a completely different number. I mean, we're talking millions of dollars. Mm -hmm. And again, that's why I think folks that uh, owners are so uh, adamant about looking at these, getting better reviews, investing in making sure that the staff is trained to respond to reviews and and get a better reputation because it's a huge number. It's not a small number. Right. And I think something too, in terms of reputation that I just want to make sure is mentioned is that it's also, and brought back to, is that it's also taking the feedback that you get and turning it into an action. And again, that's why I'm such a huge fan of community rewards, not to keep plugging it, but that's what I'm here for. It's like you work for them for something. But it is, I just am passionate about the idea of not only can you get a review on the program, but you can also get, you can poll your residents what they say. You can say, hey, do you want a new you know, Peloton bike or do you want a sand volleyball court? And then turn that decision into an ownership decision that they're already, the ownership group is asking the managers, hey, what should we do to update the property? What do your residents want? And pulling from the resident base instead of just mm-hmm. guessing what Gen Z wants is definitely... That's invaluable. We've seen yeah. that That's like really... That's the last hard. thing you should do is guess what Gen Z wants. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? And then <laughs> too, the best focus group. Exactly. And then I think... Um, and then having that data, and I think we do get really tied up into data, which is... It makes sense why. But um, the other thing, too, is with an option on our program, we have the review, and then afterwards they're prompted not only to share on Facebook and Google, but then to go to another action that's just about feedback. So if they give you a four-star review, they have to then nail down what it, what that last fifth star was about. So then it's because oftentimes reviews will be glowing, and then they'll give you a four or a three-star, and you're like, what? <laughs> and so having them go to another action to say, okay, what was that fifth star about? Was it noise? Was it the amenities? Was it the staff? Was it yeah. the... And having a little suggestion box at the bottom that is just internal so that that can be absorbed in a private space for just the on-site teams is 
awesome. I'm so. seeing that become a trend in um, reputation in general, not just in our industry, yeah. but of, you know, if you give a three-star review, a four-star review, it's like, well, what can we do to earn well, that extra star? Yeah. And I'm going to be honest, question. I'm a four-star. Unless, yeah. unless, unless it wins the best. The best. Then that you're a four-star, which is great. Yeah. You, you met my expectations, maybe exceeded them a little bit. Yeah. It was a great experience. But I reserve those five so stars. Are you, a four, are you a four star tipper or a five star tipper? Yeah. Oh, that's a whole other podcast. What's I guess. Your, I didn't yeah. even know that was a thing. Yeah. What is your Uber yeah. score? I did. Uh, you know, I was in the restaurant industry. I was going to say college, so I service. Yeah, exactly. It kind of brings up the point of authenticity as, yes. as yeah. well because. I, I'm skeptical of a five star right. anything that's mm-hmm. solid five star. Oh yeah, totally. Except for my personal Airbnb reviews. But but truly, I mean, I think we can look at it and say again. I mean, I'll just use a restaurant outside of our industry. Right. And you know, if it's five stars, it's like it's almost hyping me up too much. If it's mm-hmm. you know, if it's really a five star. Right. Um, and I'm I'm like you, Lindsay. Like I'm going in with a optimist, but not perfectionist a realist. Uh, yeah exactly a real real optimist yeah. right. kind of view so i think that getting those four stars i mean that's good yes. that, that's that not a bad still thing. good it's, yes, yes it it's good honestly even getting yeah. one stars is still it's content it's, yeah it's um, a learning experience it's, it's much better than somebody being silent in their unit and then leaving Correct. in a year yeah or that, telling all their friends or t- right. yeah well, they're going to tell their friends. Well, they're going to. They're definitely going to tell their <laughs> definitely. friends. Definitely. You know, it, uh, talking about this conference, we're all here. Um, one of the, the trends or threads, if you will, I've heard is data. Absolutely. Right? Access to data. And, you know, student housing has really matured over the past two decades. And we have more information available at our fingertips than we've ever had in the past. And the review piece is such a critical one that, you know, if you're an executive and you're not looking at your reviews you're do, you're doing yourself a disservice um, because nowhere else are you going to find raw unfiltered feedback straight from your customer that you can improve on you know it's it's important you know I did an exercise recently looking at our um, we do a spring survey yeah. and a fall survey and looking at the we asked a specific question of have you decided to lease or renew and for those who said no, I look through the responses for no, and it prompted them to say, well, why not? Mm-hmm. And there were a considerable number of folks who said, I'm not going to lease or renew at my community, and it were things that we could fix. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, you're writing your own business plan at that point of, like, mm-hmm. what are we yeah. well, going to do? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> look at the reviews. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I'll tell and, you exactly what they think. Yeah. Talk, I, I mean, I would encourage you to talk about them with your ownership groups. Bring them up on those calls. Bring them up on your CapEx calls because that is where you're getting, uh, again, it's raw, unfiltered information directly from the people who are saying, take my money. It's a, it's a it's a great point because owners specifically are always looking for what is the next idea to take us to the next level. Right. Maybe that's leasing. Maybe leasing is a little bit slower than last year, and it's like, well, is there an issue, or have students changed what they like? So, what is in the, the reviews? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and what's in the data? And and again, I think for their dollars being spent. I don't need to buy three more Peloton bikes. I need to make sure the gate works all the time. Yeah. Right. Or, yeah. you know, use whatever the example. The elevator's broken. Let's fix exactly. it. You know, like yeah. The basketball court doesn't have nets. We don't have basketball. Like these little things where it's like you are going to spend six, ten, fifteen, twenty five thousand dollars and you could spend fifty dollars. Yeah. 
huge and your impact. reputation yeah. is going to be mended it's if not fixed. all about the perception and i do want to say i think just something that is a thing i just want to bring up about reputation is in terms of like from a mental health perspective too and i'm all that's just who i am i'm always going to bring it back to mental health but like i don't know if you guys have ever seen the black mirror episode where people are literally rated yes. and then it's it's fascinating i highly recommend you watching it because it does just show like where the future is headed and i think that it i do want to just mention that like the properties the people who work there when you write a negative review that affects people's mental health we touched on this a little bit but i think it's important to say like you know you're more than just a number you're more yeah. than just and you, it's easy to get like oh i am my properties or a score or i am my properties modern message reviews yeah. and i think that there is a component of like you know responding in kindness but also t- making sure that you're not it's not taking don't take it personal don't Mm -hmm. take it personal just like we mentioned but i think there's just so much to be said about what space that we're in and how the reputation space is obviously awesome because it helps us make better decisions but it does tie to your mental health you know just as you're talking it kind of clicked my mind like what other metric do we have that indicates Mm -hmm. leasing velocity that indicates property value that indicates staff right you know, like staff response and staff evaluate. Like this one little thing that people are going to do when, yeah. in all caps, you know, I, there's also a study, just I don't know, we'll change it here, yeah. um, about the sentiment when folks write a review on their phone versus mm-hmm. their computer. Yeah. Oftentimes, really? if, they, if, they, if we can get them to do it on their phone, it's generally more positive. It's less, huh. it's more it's, casual. It's more casual. It's less um, uh, intense, if you will. So like, they're not gonna put caps lock on their phone, <laughs> but That's you know, harder. the term keyboard warriors, right? Yeah. We, we all heard yeah. that. Like those folks who are really upset and frustrated. And it, it's, some people have a short fuse, uh, you know, right. Sure. But some people, I'm like, man, you had to really push that person to get them to 14 paragraphs yeah. and it's spell checked and they have yeah. points and sub points and like it reviewed by the lawyer and like CC to, to the dean of students. Yeah. Like, I mean, come on, folks. <laughs> they're, probably, <laughs> they're probably the people that should have written the letter and not sent it. <laughs> yeah. just that, or that's the kind of person that you yes. want on your team. Exactly. Right? Because they're paying attention to that detail. We At Campus Advantage, we say everything speaks. We stole it from Disney. Actually, I probably shouldn't record that. So <laughs> you did we not did not steal it, it from Disney. If you're listening, Lee Cockerel. <laughs> um, but it's a sentiment like if if, if you can see it, smell it, hear it, touch it, or taste it. Yeah. I hope you're not licking the windows. Ew. <laughs> so if you mess some of the people working in the industry. Um, <laughs> it speaks to the positive or negative about the experience. And it's the same thing for those reviews. It, it speaks to that. So when our teams are doing good, right, I think it's important from that mental yeah. health perspective, celebrate that. That's Definitely. one thing that we've implemented at Chemist Advantage recently of like, yes, we know that there are negative reviews. But you all are doing such a uh, hard job yeah. of generating positive reviews. So celebrate that. Use your, you know, uh, reward the folks who get their name mentioned so many right. times or take the team out to lunch. You know, work with your facilities team. I was talking to Sly. Fun. I was talking to Sly from Cardinal today and, and he started out as a maintenance tech. And now he's yeah, a, a vice president of operations at Cardinal. And like, how many, where are the potential there? So I don't want to get on that yeah, tangent because it's, it's, it, you know, <laughs> it, it really does pop me up. But, you know, utilize all those resources and, and celebrate that. But then also as a manager, when you get a negative review and you're, one of your employees is specifically mentioned, that's a really unique opportunity for you as a coaching, yep. uh, as, for a coaching method and a mentor to come along beside that person. Like, listen, you know, yeah, it stings, but 
what can we learn from this? Even if, you, even if you feel like you did everything oh, yeah. right, like we're still going through exercises of like, what can we do differently? What can we learn from this? How in the future can we can we benefit from that? Because it just makes us better. Yeah. I think from a leadership perspective too, I know Lindsay and I talked about this this week, um, but I think there's something to be said about being a leader in a position and coming alongside of the person that you're trying to coach instead of coming at them with, why is your review so bad? Come next to them and say, hey, let's look at this review over here and together and figure out how we're going to fix this. And I'm going to show you. So next time this happens, you can do, you can show the next person how to do it. And I think it's just there's an element of leadership in there that is so easily tapped into with just the reputation space. This is so yeah, it's right there. Yeah. And I think more people need to consider that this is an opportunity for team building as well as leadership and its reputation. <laughs> So I have a question um, as it pertains to reputation. <laughs> We're talking a lot about students yeah. and how they perceive it and how they find it and um, and what they're writing. But I'm interested to turn the topic on parents oh. um, because I do feel it's a, it's a different space. Um, they use different avenues. Mm-hmm. We see a lot of Facebook, Facebook. groups yep. being made yep. where parents come together. Um, how are... I guess, how are you guys mitigating that? I know internally we've had conversations because you can't go in and shut down a private Facebook group. Right. And you can't get in it because then you infiltrate and they shut it down. So how do you... just move. How do you respond to those people and let them know that they're heard and that we are seeing this as an opportunity to fix their issues when you can't really... You know, you can't infiltrate. You can't get into it to respond to them. The only thing I will say just as a... You know, from a vendor perspective, it's interesting because we are not only B2B, but we're also B2C, and then we're also B2P, which is parents. And so it's <laughs> we've got a lot of streams of connection and communication. And I think, you know, whenever you think, whenever I am approached by a parent that we're working with, maybe they're upset about an incentive or upset about, like, something that was delayed or whatever, um, my whole approach is first off to protect the client because that that's what – the bottom line of us as vendors are supposed to be doing is making sure that you guys are taken care of and that we're on your team versus like, well, this was them. And, da, 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 da. and then also consider that that's their child. Like that's, and they're not there with them more than likely. They're probably not 30 minutes down the road. Yeah. They're probably either out of state or whatever. And so um, I am not a mother yet, but I am assuming when I get into that position, I'm going to be a full mama bear. And I, I understand that like, that's a, that's a part of themselves yeah. that they, protect more than themselves so i think i think that's changing a little bit in yeah. terms of you know when we started in this industry the helicopter parents that was <laughs> and, and they still exist like oh, they're, yeah. they're not going away but i think when we look at gen z they're much more inclined to say mom stop yeah. or, or dad stop a lot of autonomy but yeah, the sure. parents that doesn't mean the parents are going to stop <laughs> and i think you know it's it's just like we talked about on stage and off stage having a place for parents to share their concerns off stage, whether it be a parents only town hall or mm-hmm. even a, a newsletter or an update for, because most of the time it is, they're probably frustrated about not knowing what's going on. They're right. in there. They are blind in the dark. You think about your own, your beloved child who can do yeah. no wrong. 
is not they're not causing problems at your community right. no way. you know there's they're not seeing them out there flipping down exit signs at three o'clock in the morning on a saturday <laughs> you know after the big it's game. very specific adam yeah i was like i might may or may not have done that <laughs> exit signs are a, a touchy i don't know no. uh, oh, go ahead and finish your guess but but you know it, it's you know they're they're blind to that yeah and, mm. and so giving them the ability i think you know, one thing we used to do back in the day at Campus Phoenix, I know, is those newsletters yeah. of what's going on. And so even if you don't do a full-blown newsletter for all your residents, at least maybe send in an update to parents once a quarter or something like that. Here's what's going on. We've got quarterly point. inspections. We've got this. We've got renewals. I think a lot of those frustrations of, you know, leaving negative reviews or things like that. Specifically, I'm going to specifically point out, because we just went through this time, is turn and, mm-hmm. and move out of communicating to parents the move out charges and the move out expectations and not just the residents because so many times those parents are footing the bills yeah. and they don't know. And so okay. that's where, I mean, at least we, we've seen so many parents leave negative reviews right. about they had to pay for their carpet to be cleaned or uh-huh. their final account statement or something like that. And just they because they know. did not know they were not in the know. My, my point that I was going to, to add to that though is um, but imagine, and this was just something that I hit on back oh, when I first started my career about 20 years ago when I had a team, when I was a billing super, uh, escalation supervisor. So I was the person that would get the calls that say, I want to talk to your manager. I was the manager. And <laughs> you so are the manager. I was the manager. Yeah. Okay. And so I would let, you know, let, you know, whoever just yell at me, you know, and kind of, you know, hear them out and, and, and whatnot. But um, on the flip side, though, I took like a, ne- I would take a negative resident or uh, a negative, you know, customer and, um, and then kind of turn the situation into a positive. And do you know, I mean, if they're going to talk and scream that much and, you know, and go post to social media or to like Facebook groups, they're also going to do that whenever you do it right though, when you come back and do it right, which is so, so important because, um, I mean, they're, they're angry. They've written this letter, you know, and when you go and just make it right and let them, and just let them vent. I mean, some nine times out of 10, sometimes you can't fix it. You know, I mean, sometimes you can't. And sometimes it's just, they just want to be heard. And they, when they go and post something, it's just out there. But whenever you go and actually make the connection, I mean, you just, you know, I mean, they're going to preach about that too. You know what I learned? Don't be afraid. What I learned in student housing is that every parent either is a lawyer, (laughs) knows a lawyer, (laughs) or is related to a lawyer. lawyer? Yeah. Yeah. And they will get that lawyer. I think the, the parents think such a great point. It's a it's an audience that we have that that we need to communicate with, and I think it all comes down to communication because all of these ideas are great, yep. and and it does come down to if you're not communicating clearly and correctly, whether it's the move in form and condition, because yep. of course we all hear that, yeah. um, or if it's something else that's happened on the property and and it hasn't been communicated well, that's when you're going to get the negative parents. But I think. Once you get that communication, you have all the same opportunities to turn it around, yeah. have it be positive, have it be you know feedback that the, the team can understand. Because um, you know sometimes the onsite team, uh, especially if they're they're younger in school and they haven't had to talk to a lot of parents, exactly. it's it's nerve wracking. Like, oh, oh my it's, gosh, it's this person's in charge. They're yeah. a lawyer. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they know a lawyer. Yeah, they know a lawyer. <laughs> you will uh, too one day. Yeah, <laughs> legalzoom.com. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 
You will too, no a lawyer. But I'm also telling you that when I was a student, you know, at uh, at Tech, and you know, and I lived on an on-campus apartment. Which Tech? You have to specify. Texas Tech University, Lubbock, Texas. Red Raiders. But yeah, I mean, I'm telling you, you guys, right now, whenever I get my mom would get the bills, Tori, what is this? I have no idea, mom. Those charges just showed up. I mean, I left that place so clean. There is no hole in the wall. I don't know anything about carpet replacing, and I'm like, I didn't have a pet party. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah, I mean, and that's an kids are not telling their parents. I mean, think about it from this way. And, and we talk about customers, right? Who is our customer? Everyone is our customer in all yeah. in reality. But we focus in so much on the resident being the customer. Can you imagine the first time you heard about something uh, is when you got a bill for it? Right. <laughs> you know, I would be pissed off too. Yeah. And I would definitely. Even, and, and it's just that it's that time of year where our resources are stretched thin. Right. And so they're calling to, maybe they're calling to the property. Maybe they're calling to the, the, the home office. Yeah. Maybe they're trying to reach out to someone and they're getting nowhere because it's turn. Hello, yeah. it's move in. <laughs> we're not ignoring you. I promise. No. We are just really, we're got our hands it's down our toilet weeds, somewhere. Unclogging the yeah, drain. They don't know they that. Don't know that. Yeah. And so I think that you, you, we've all said it, but it comes down to that communication piece. Yeah. And that's as much of reputation management as asking for a review. Totally. It's, it's all those things because the reputation is the result of the actions that we're doing. So yeah. I think that's a good little cap on that. But really quick before, you know, before we wrap up today, I, I wanted to just take some time and let each of you, if you wouldn't mind, share just one piece of advice. You know, our our our, our listening listenership, as if that's a word, um, <laughs> our onsite managers for the most part, um, they may not have a Mark Rankins. Shout out to Mark Rankins, uh, <laughs> who's responding to reviews, or, or may not have a service to that. So, what are you, what is one tip that you would leave a onsite person, a manager, or a leasing manager um, related to reputation? So, Ryan, you want to start? Sure. I mean, I. I think one thing I would say, I hope this is a tip, is that reputation is bigger than just your online reviews. And one thing that I was going to mention, I guess I'll just mention it here, is you know think about international students. You know, it's yeah. a big part of uh, you know who lives in, in our buildings. And there is no Facebook or Google uh, in, in China or in, in some other countries. Yeah. And part of that, you know, whether it's a different medium. Uh, it's also word of mouth. So it is very important to think of reputation holistically uh, versus just your star rating, be it that star rating is really helpful and important. Right. <laughs> Great. For me, I mean, we have used a lot of big words, fun words, stove down, <laughs> gone, you know, Robin deep Hulk. level, high level, all of that. But for me, it's really simple. And it comes back to give a good experience. Yeah. Right. Just customer service, good experience, be a good human being, put yourself in their shoes mm -hmm. and handle it. You know, honesty yeah. and transparency, empathy, all of that. It, it's not that hard if you are really caring for right. making a difference, yeah. making it better and caring for that person. It should be, it should be easy and it should be rewarding. Yeah. Um, I would say, I think we need to, f I would suggest to find a way to make it fun. Um, find a way to make it a little bit less intense. It is a very intense thing because it is an attack or a praise. So it comes with a lot of baggage. But, you know, I think we live in the world of polling and in the world of options and the world of decisions and giving your opinion loudly. I am sure you're shocked. I have lots of opinions and I'm happy to tell you. Them. <laughs> That's why Adam and I get along so well. But 
Um, but, you know, you can go on Instagram and you better believe if somebody's putting up a poll, I'm going to tell you exactly what I think and I'm going to respond to which one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we were, I was raised in the BuzzFeed era when you would take a quiz on like, what's your favorite <laughs> piece of pizza? Does that mean your love life looks like whatever? But like, you know, for me, the I think, era. you know, that yeah. was true. That's, that was so fun. 13 and tips on exa- how to improve your reputation. Right, exactly. But, you know, and then there'd be like a quiz at the end that you got to take, you know, That's or like cool. magazine quizzes, you know, mm-hmm. that was a big part of us growing up. And I think that that's even more true for Gen Z. And I think when you make things a little bit less intense and try to keep a way of, I don't know, it just makes life better. It makes your reputation better. It makes your community better. And, you know, having fun as much as possible is just yeah. a great philosophy, but also with reputation, I think it can be definitely used here. Can we make a TikTok trend where everybody goes Heck and reviews yeah. their property? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you make a TikTok, put like a, put a dance to it and Absolutely. like make sure that there's a cool sound behind it? Each <laughs> move uh, differentiates a different star A different rating. star review. Oh my gosh. You guys are getting me excited. I'm going to get creative with this. And, and also, that's why we're not allowed on TikTok. Exactly. Oh but making gosh. it creative, you know, and I think specifically, your CAs are within the age probably of 18 to 24 and they're incredibly creative. Gen Z is innovative and resourceful and creative and fun. So Mm -hmm. making it fun is an easy way to group effort. It's a group effort and it's an easy way to make sure that there's, there's a, there's a way to make it cool. (laughs) There's gotta be. (laughs) Now I don't know how I top all three of those. So I'm just going to go really quickly and (laughs) say, because I agree with everything that everybody just said, but Um, I think I'm just going to come to the point, like to, if I could tell everybody, um, you know, a a negative review does not define anyone. It does not mean that you did a bad job. You are more than stars. You do not know what the, what the person that left that review is going through personally. And that could just be their one avenue where they could kind of just get, you know, get whatever type of, you know, just venting. So just please know that that does not define you. You are still an amazing worker. Um, Just picking up a phone to add to what Lindsay said, no texting, no emailing, no, you know, um, call us back, picking up a phone and calling that person and saying, you know, I am Lindsay. I read your review. You know, I'm so sorry you had that experience. Please let me know. Like, you know, I wanted to call you to see how we can make it better. We'll go so far. So um, again, just, and, and, you know, we, we can give you all the ticks and uh, the ticks, the tricks ticks and talks. tricks. <laughs> yeah, we can give you all the tricks and the tools to do it. But that's just the simplest one. I mean, it's this is a crazy time and we're all in it. And yeah. so just, you know, be kind and do not take anything personally, because at the end of the day, it's just your job. Yeah, go you see know? a Thank you too. for stealing mine. <laughs> <laughs> I have a two part, good? two part, part. What comes before part B? Part A. Yeah. Uh, part oh A. <laughs> I've never heard that. Part in my A. Life. You haven't. I am adopting that into my vocabulary. Oh my God, we need Thank this. you so much, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, can we get that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's the friends laughter. Uh, we haven't used these yet. Um, part A is you, you can't say it without hearing now. <laughs> Part A is don't take it personal, right? Really? You know, uh, oftentimes they're lashing out. They may not lash, be lashing out at you specifically as a manager, as a, an employee right. on site. And then part B is let your passion shine through. Yeah. You know, you're there for a reason and, and it's okay to care, oh, right? It's, cool it's okay. It's, yeah. it's, it's cool to care. It's cool. All the cool kids care. <laughs> um, it's cool to care and let that shine through. Um, and, and once you remove yourself from that and you allow yourself to mentally remove yourself, like, oh, they're talking about me 
and just saying, okay, they're frustrated. Let me care for them. Let me fix that. I think you'll you'll go a long way. So I do appreciate that Gen Z does t- feels like they care more than I grew up in. This like, it was cool not to care, but now it's really awesome to care, and it should well, it's, be. If you don't care, you're not cool. And that's like literally, like awesome. <laughs> yeah, so much has changed, and and I uh, just want to say thank you all to you, uh, thank you, uh, awesome. our our panelists, if you will. We're oh sitting around gosh. a table. Um, staring at each other but uh yeah thank you so much for taking some time to be on this podcast with us and uh i had a great time hopefully you all as listeners enjoyed it and uh we'll we'll talk soon this was a delight thank you yes thank yeah. you thank you for sharing this amazing suite with us yeah oh, the suite is amazing yeah <laughs>
just spending on, you know, bringing in groups like Modern Message and bringing in, you know, Opinion is another one. And, mm-hmm. you know, so you're bringing them in from a, from a tech standpoint to kind of mm-hmm. help things. Then you're also looking at, at putting in some, some other things in place, like you talked about. Um, I want to get into a little bit deeper, but having, you know, a specialist that's, mm-hmm. that's part of the corporate team that's taking those phone calls uh, is that is that kind of what you're seeing is a year and maybe 20 to 60 grand? I think at least, I mean, the thing you've got to keep in mind is that until those issues are fixed, you're going to continue to get negative reviews. You know, and if you've got a site who is, um, they're not performing, then they're going to have to battle that on top of getting positive reviews. So you've got such an up, uphill battle with that. Um, and I think 20 to 60,000 is a modest, it's a modest amount in terms of depending on what it is. Obviously that's, we're just talking operational cost of getting in, taking over the property and, and, you know, changing small stuff. If you've got, you know, let's say you've got internet issues, like we talked about 20 to 60 is just a drop in the bucket compared to what it's going to take to fix that. Yeah. And so I think, it's important for investors and potential buyers to understand what are the issues, what are the reviews saying, you know, I mean, that's where I would start. And one of the statistics that we heard at NMHC was the amount of online leasing that happened during the pandemic and it's continuing to happen. It's that the, the number of onsite tours has gone down dramatically, which, I mean, we, I think we kind of all know that we feel it in our offices, but the amount of folks who lease online completely has grown exponentially. And so essentially outside of your website, your reviews are your model, uh, you know, gone are the days of, of just having really great curb appeal and that being it, because, uh, you know, with Gen Z, they're looking at that. And oftentimes they're looking at, at a community before we even know who they are. You know, yeah. zero, uh, Google calls that the zero moment of truth where 86% just about of decision-making happens in that zero moment of truth before we even know who the person is. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it, that, that stuff is so critical and it, it's very costly and it, it, you have to be aware of it. And, and, and it's so important. One thing I don't, I don't, didn't hear you guys mention it, but uh, you know, something else I just wanted to add to it is making sure that you're getting consistent, you know, month after month reviews because, you know, I had a client recently that it's got a a much older property at a tier one university. He's never had a, a huge issue of trying to, to lease it out. A lot of his students were international students and now he's having vacancy issues because, um, you know, those international students were making a, a lot of recommendations and the international population mm-hmm. took a deep dive at this university this past year because they couldn't yeah. recruit. And, and so, you know, he's like, but Hey, we've got such of a strong Google ranking as far as, you know, I think they were 4.3 stars or something like that. Mm-hmm. I said, yeah, but let's go in and look at them. Yeah. They're all yeah. consistent with, you had a big bump in April. You had mm-hmm. a couple in, June, you had absolutely none for move in. Yeah. And, and it's like, you can't have these waves. Like it's got to be consistent, like month after month. Absolutely. People want to see up to date reviews. 
Yeah. And well, and the consumers are looking for that. You know, they, they're looking at the Google rating. That's kind of what gets your foot in the door, but that's not what sells the community. Yeah. It's the content of, and the recency of those reviews, you know, and the, the customer is smart enough. It's funny talking about your customers being smart, but we've, we've got to remember Gen Z grew up on technology. It is not a, it, the, the question for them is what tech? Because it's so yeah. blended in their day-to-day life. And so they are adapt at, you know, we talk about the Gen Z attention span being eight seconds. It's not that they can't focus. It's, I think we should reshift the focus. And we, I know we're not talking about Gen Z, but this is a major part of this in, the, in terms of the reputation is that they can filter things out so quickly. Oh, in a yeah. millisecond. Yeah, their bullshit meter is is tuned perfectly. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's and they they I read something somewhere where they get half five hundred million. I think that's a, that's a lot. Five hundred million marketing messages a day um, between everything that they see, and so if your content of your reviews and recency is not there, they're going to move on to the on to your competitor. They they truly are. Yeah. And they they're going to see you know, segueing kind of a little bit into what we were talking about earlier about having someone responding to those and having a special, uh, you know, reputation manager specialist, they're looking for those responses too. And how is the business responding? So if you're using cookie cutter templates, oh, come to the office, talk to this or call this number, they're going to move right past that and and mark you off as, as that they don't care because Gen Z is looking for authenticity and, and transparency. And when you mess up, if you say, hey, looks like we messed up here, let's let's make this right. It, it goes such a long way to build the brand authenticity that they're looking for. No, that, that's such a good point, Adam. And I think, you know, one, one other thing I wanted to because I know we're a little limited on time here and um, you guys at Campus Advantage have your own conference going on this week. So I know you <laughs> got to get back to that. But uh uh, just really, really quick. I think it's you guys talked about you and Lindsay talked about having. I believe his name's Mark, the, mm-hmm. the reputation management specialist. That that seems like such of a key role. And yes, you know, I kind of want to ask you a little bit. How do you go about finding a person like that? Because I think there's probably <laughs> other companies listening and they're saying, yeah. yeah, we really need to take that off of our site staff and and make that a corporate position. Because you know, yeah. honestly, they want they just want to talk to a corporate person anyway. Is that somebody you just pull off site? No. Well, I mean, I say say no, but I I think it can be someone who comes off site. I think since I've been with Campus Advantage, we've had had about three folks in that role. Mark has been the longest one. Give a shout out to Marky Mark. Um, Everybody at Campus Advantage absolutely adores Mark. It's his personality, I think. But not to have a personality to be taking his phone calls all day long. Yeah. I mean, the thing about it is um, we work so closely together. The three of us, we actually are part of a reputation committee. And so Mark's main role in that is facilitating gathering information from our site teams and responding to those reviews. So our expectation is, and, and I will say this, Mark doesn't use cookie cutter. There's no templates. Mark doesn't have a copy and paste response. Even for the five-star reviews, Mark uses their names individually. Mark talks specifically about what they're doing. Um, That was something we set up a long time ago because, again, talking about that brand authenticity, 
your customers are looking for that. And if you're just copying and pasting a response, that tells them that you don't care, that they're going to get the same exact issue that they may have had on site there. So although, you know, Mark doesn't necessarily sign off as Mark from Campus Advantage or anything like that, but the voice of the reviews is consistent throughout. And just having that support for our site staff, because, you know, one of the, I think one of our, one of our um, tips was don't take it personal. I think that was probably mine. Like a bunch of folks said, don't take it personal. And so Mark offers that layer of support from the home office perspective of, Hey, we've got this. What's your perspective on it? What's your take? How do we, how do we come about this? And he really helps drive that ship of getting a solution into the hands of the resident and the flip side of that, the site team, they work on providing that solution. And whether it's, you know, getting out from behind their desk and knocking on that person's door or giving them a phone call, you know, our we never say, just call us. The only time we do that is if we can't find their information. And when we don't, we don't, if they use a pseudoname or something like that or a screen name yeah. that we can't find in our system. But Mark really facilitates that. And then the other piece of that is, with him being a part of our team, we talk about reputation constantly. Like it is, it is on every one of our large, large group calls. It's on our company calls. We, we have reputation reports that we send out to all of our regionals and they can see the reputation for their property. I mean, we are looking at this often because it's such a key thing. So to find that person, I think a couple of qualities I would look for is number one, empathy, just just listening and understanding because it takes a lot and they have to have a high emotional capacity because mm-hmm. you're talking about, you know, for our portfolio, you're talking about hundreds and hundreds of reviews a week that are coming through. Some of them are great, but some of them are not so great, you know, and a lot of them are out outside of the hands of our staff even. And so just that emotional capacity to be able to filter through that and kind of plow through that and then support our site teams. They need to have really great written communication skills. And that's, that's one of the things that I think Mark has that blows me away is just his ability to craft a message. And he is, he is sometimes firm and able to, you know, put out a policy it's like, Hey, you know, this is our policy. Here's how it is. But in a way that the residents and, and reviewers understand, and it's not like, here's what we did and throwing it in their face, if that makes yeah. sense. So yeah. um, I think like those two like, things are key. Sounds like you probably also need to have kind of this, uh, you know, private investigator mentality. <laughs> you know, he does. You, you yeah. Dig into it so much, right? Yeah, he does. And, and that's the thing is like, you know, he, outside of the, the super positive ones, the four and five star reviews, I don't think Mark typically responds to those reviews the same day they come in because he's taking time to understand what happened, figure out the solution and then craft a response to it. So, I mean, it it is, it's a big job. It's an important job. And then outside of that, we're taking what he's doing. We're pulling those responses from all of our aggregated sites, from modern message, from Google. And then we're crafting reports that our site teams are then taking. They're looking at those reviews consistently and they're turning them into opportunities to, for those negative reviews, they're turning them into opportunities to ask for an update on those reviews. So if it's a one star, we're asking, hey, do we take care of the situation? If so, would you mind updating your review and letting folks know that? 
um, because that's huge. And then on the flip side, for those four and five star reviews, our teams are finding ways to celebrate that and to reward their team members for doing the behavior that we want them to do, which is ask folks for review and deliver a great experience. So it's fully in, integrated into our entire approach to the resident experience, to leasing, to, you know, from, from the, from the door they come in to the door they go out of essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I could spend a, I could spend a long time kind of asking how, how you guys, you know, I keep uh, questions that start coming to my mind are, okay, so how many properties do you need per specialist and all those kind of things? But we'll, we'll save that for another podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure we could, uh, you know, you and I could both talk for days on end on this stuff. It's just, it's just so important. It's so important. So important. So, um, again, thanks for, for, um, taking time. Thanks for, thanks to Campus Advantage for allowing you to go. Um, cause I know this was, um, you know, they kind of had their own crew that they were, were sending there as well. And I wanted to, uh, wanted to make sure that we had some kind of presence there. And so thank you so much for, for taking the time to, to do yeah. that. Thanks for um, having me. So speaking of conferences, not only do you have your, your, uh, general manager retreat going on now at, at Campus Advantage, but we've also got LeaseCon coming up. Mm-hmm. And I know you're going to be a big part of that. And we're going to be talking about reputation management there as well. And just, you know, want to encourage everybody that's listening to to this podcast. Um, if you're from the site level, be it a mm-hmm. leasing manager uh, or, or a maintenance supervisor, because this year we've also got TurnCon, yep. you know, part of the same conference, you know, all the way up to the C-suite. This is a huge, huge event that needs a, a lot of support from our industry, quite honestly, mm-hmm. because um, it's uh, unlike NMHC and, and Interface, which are fantastic conferences, they're really focused on the business part, mm-hmm. you know, the, the transaction part, the investment part. This is the one conference national conference where we can get together together as operators yeah to talk about best practices and talk about you know trends that are you know that we see coming up and uh you know we're going to be talking heavily about about supply chain issues Mm -hmm. and you know that's got a whole integration into reputation management you know Mm -hmm. absolutely if if you know forget turn you know if we start running out of things you know this spring that you know, all of a sudden we're we're waiting mm-hmm. weeks on that typically we could replace in 24 hours. That's going to be an issue. So uh, I think it's just really important that everybody get out there. We're going to now transition over to uh, a conversation that I had with Rich Kelly uh, with France Media uh, Interface and and Student Housing Business Magazine about the upcoming. Uh, LeaseCon TurnCon conference. I think we've got to find a better name for that going forward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the slash there it gets you. Yeah, but it, it's it's going to be a fantastic event. I'm yeah. looking forward to it. Looking forward to seeing you there yeah. again. And um, and so let's go ahead and cut to that interview with Rich. Rich, last time we had you uh, talking to the SHI audience, we were, it was back in May and we were talking about interface student housing that was coming up in July in Austin. And uh, that was a fantastic event as, as always. 
looking forward to it being back in April again because I think everybody was uh, a little uh, a little distracted with it being in July um, <laughs> as far as with turn coming up and, and everything else. But man, it was a fantastic setting as always, you know, at the JW Marriott in Austin. But it was also just a fantastic turnout. I was I was really pleased with that. But when we had you on the on the podcast talking to the audience about about the the upcoming uh, event in in Austin, I, I talked to you um, kind of off camera a little bit about what was going to be happening with LeaseCon. For those that are not aware of of LeaseCon, it was something that Interface and uh, Student Housing Business in France Media started back in 2018. Is that right, Rich? Uh, yep. And it really, you know, focused for um, uh, on everything leasing and marketing for the student housing industry. And uh, 2018 was a it was a good turnout. I think 2019 was probably double, if not more, in attendance. 2020, <laughs> as as all things with live events in 2020, it uh, it just didn't happen. And so uh, I asked you, hey, is is there something that uh, we should be talking about for for LeaseCon this year, and you said stay tuned. And so uh, I, I just got to ask you: Do you have any announcements for us? I've got some great news, Wes. Thank you. We will be holding LeaseCon and also TurnCon ah. on December fifteenth in Dallas. Cocktail reception and roundtables the afternoon of the fourteenth, and then a full day conference on the fifteenth. So. You know, LeaseCon is back, and it is supplemented now by TurnCon, which is obviously focused on what's going, what goes on in the turn process. Uh, basically, it'll be kind of like two events within one event. Uh, we'll have a kind of a turn track, and we'll have a leasing and marketing track. And attendees will just pay one registration rate, and they can go to whatever sessions they want to go to. Uh, and all the attendees will be kind of mixed during the cocktail reception and breakfast and lunch. So we really think it's kind of a win-win. It'll be a chance to kind of bring even more people together. There's a lot of crossover amongst these groups yeah. you know, inherently. And, uh, you know, it also allows us to cover a whole new subject matter. So it's actually, we're, we're very excited about it. So Dallas and again, what were the dates? Uh, December 15th. Gotcha. And anything, um, anything on the 14th as far as? Registra- yes, early registration we'll have, or anything? Yeah, we'll have, uh, we'll probably have like 10 to 12 roundtables uh, on different kind of niche topics within turn and leasing and marketing from like four to five o'clock. And then we'll have a cocktail reception from five to seven. Um, gotcha. We've got a great hotel, the Renaissance. It's a, it's a very, actually a very good location because it's close to Love Field and it's close to oh. DFW. So it'll be good for people traveling into either airport. You know, Dallas is obviously the center center of the country and, you know, a lot of student housing companies located not too far away. And, uh, you know, we've already had a bunch of people calling up saying, hey, I want to bring five, six, seven, eight, even one company wants to bring 20 people. So oh, wow. uh, we're very excited about it. And um, I think the industry will be excited about it. No, that's great. And Dallas is, I mean, that's the perfect time of the year to, to have something in Dallas. The weather is really mild. As you mentioned, you've got two airports that are there. It's center of the country. So, you know, everybody's, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a quick flight. Probably most people won't have to have a uh, layover or anything like that. So even getting stuck in some snowy place like Chicago <laughs> you know, may, not, may not cause any issues. So that's, that's fantastic to hear. One thing also on the yeah. timing, you know, one of the reasons we kind of delayed, you know, finalizing a date 
for this event was, you know, we wanted to see kind of how things were playing out in the fall in terms of in-person events and COVID, et cetera. We got very lucky in the summer with Interface that, you know, we, we were kind of in a perfect little window there. And then obviously the Delta variant came and, and it's been a little up and down in the fall. But, um, you know, we're confident, I think, now that, you know, December, you know, it, it, hopefully student housing owners and managers can take a couple days off and, you know, it's before their holiday parties. Hopefully a lot of the students are already back at home and, uh, you know, we think it'll hopefully be a good time to do an event like this and that people can take a day off or two to come to Dallas and focus in on, you know, what they should be thinking about for next year already when it comes to leasing in turn. Yeah, it's a great time. The timing's perfect, I think, because it's, it's a time to recharge. Yeah, the students have, you know, by the, by the 14th, 15th, most of the students ha- have already had exams and even going home. And, you know, that's kind of that week. Everybody takes a big breath at their, certainly at their on-site employees, on-site staff, they're certainly sitting back and saying, hey, this is the time for us to recharge and and regroup and refocus. You know, maybe things didn't go as well as they had hoped in the fall from a leasing, a pre-leasing perspective. And this is not just good timing, but a perfect event to go and and you know, try to get some ideas from, from some other folks and, 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 you know, maybe even talk with some vendors about some, you know, some services or products that they haven't thought about that could end up helping them in that, in that next stretch in the spring semester. So, so that's great. So let's, uh, you know, we talked about it being in Dallas. Um, Let's talk about who should be there. As you mentioned, there's some, uh, there's some student housing companies that are, that are certainly based in, in Dallas. Uh, but I think this is, it's not just for the folks at the corporate level, but I think a lot of site employees, you know, can benefit a lot from this. And then, of course, with TurnCon, you know, who who should be at this event, Rich? Well, you know, I think it's both the corporate level and the site level. So at an owner, investor, developer, manager, operator shop, you know, hopefully the people at the corporate level who oversee leasing and marketing and turn and operations and then, you know, hopefully some of their their regionals and, and folks at the property level that they would also like to uh, give exposure to, you know, hearing this kind of information firsthand, meeting other people, uh, hearing from and meeting, you know, potential vendors and service providers that can help them do their job more efficiently and at the end of the day, more profitably for the company. So, you know, that's every everyone from, you know. Your, your, your major owners to, you know, also people at on the vendor and service provider side who work with those owners and operators to help them lease and market and do turns. So, you know, the magic happens when you get all those people in the same room. And that's certainly what we're trying to do. Great. Great. Yeah. That was, that was such of a, of the two conferences, uh, two lease con conferences in the past, being able to talk with the other, the other folks that were in those similar positions at the other um, operating companies and, you know, kind of work through some, you know, things they were thinking about from a strategy standpoint, I thought was, um, it was really, really cool, really valuable, certainly. So hopefully folks will, will take advantage of, of that again this year. Um, let, let's talk really quick about the sessions. And, uh, you know, I know we're still working because I'm working with you guys on this a little bit too, on, on the uh, panels and, and putting all the topics together. But, I wanted to talk to you really quick. Uh, what what kind of sessions uh, do the folks? Uh, have, what should they plan on on hearing in the sessions? I guess is the is the question I'm trying to ask. Sure. Well, you know, we all know that leasing has changed radically because of COVID. 
Right. And, you know, some of those things, the way tours are done and the way leasing is done in just in general and marketing, you know, are those changes that have happened in the last 18 months, are they here to stay or might things revert back to where they were or will it be some kind of happy medium in the middle? I mean, I think that's a big topic. Um, you know, rents and revenue management. Uh, rents were very healthy this year, the 2021, 20, uh, 2022 academic year. You know, where do those go for next year? You know, you have the question of, you know, centralized leasing at the corporate level, company level versus on-site. Uh, things like roommate matching, reputation management, obviously, you know, using social media. So there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of things to talk about when it comes to, to leasing and marketing. And even, you know, certainly now the whole name, image, and likeness uh, evolving situation, which I know your, your webinar is going to be about. That's another little subtopic as well. Uh, on the turn side, I mean, uh, if you didn't know the word supply chain, uh, before the last three or four weeks, you certainly do now. So exactly. uh, you know, everybody felt it this past turn and you would hope that no one was going to have to feel it for the next turn, but that does not seem to be what we're hearing and reading. So, you know, what should owners and operators be doing right now, thinking about turn next summer? You know, it seems like it's far away, but it really isn't. Uh, and conversely, how can vendors and service providers plan to help their owners and operators? So a lot of interesting stuff on the turn side as well. Yeah, content's not going to be, <laughs> that could be an issue to find good things to talk about for this event. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, Rich, I'm super excited about it. I'm glad you guys are able to bring this event back and, and can't wait to, to get in, in the room with everybody and talk about what they're experiencing this leasing season so far and, and you know, talk about ways that they can um, finish out strong. And the turn thing is so key. I'm so glad you guys are, are doing that. It's a perfect time for that as well, because it's, you know, when I got started in this industry, it was, you know, really in the December time frame that you just started talking about, okay, what are we going to need? What you're putting some dates on the, you know, on the calendar. Uh, you know, I always told everybody that <laughs> the turn started on move-in day because the way you you start move-in day is the way that you're going to, you know, end up starting the move-out process the next year. And so things like documentation and all that were so important. But as far as actually really sitting down and saying, okay, when are we going to have our, when are we going to speak with our vendors? When do we want to get the contracts in? You know, you started having those kind of conversations in December, but now that's something that if, if you haven't started having that conversation, you know, within the first, you know, couple of months after, after move in, you start having that conversation in December, it's almost too late. So it's good to, to have this in December. I think the, the timing is just perfect for folks that are involved in that process to, you know, come together and talk about some of the best practices that, that other folks are, are using and, and sharing that knowledge. So I think, I think that's, uh, again, just, just perfect timing for that. But let's talk a little bit about registration. Um, obviously, we're so excited about it. We're making sure that the link is on as everything that um, student housing business does. We, we put a link on our website for the, for the events. And so we'll be doing that uh, for LeaseCon and TurnCon as well. So you can go to studenthousinginsight.com forward slash events or just click on our events page and you'll see a link there. Uh, but if the, and I'm sure they can go to studenthousingbusiness.com and, and get a link there as well for the registration page. But tell us how much does it cost to register any type of you know group 
discounts. As you mentioned, you've got somebody that's sending 20 people. I, I hope you guys were, were kind enough to give them a discount. <laughs> oh, yes, we certainly were. A generous one. Um, registration is $375 until November 10th. So that's our early Very affordable. So you've still got a couple more weeks for that. Uh, and we can promise you we'll, we'll have some great appetizers and, and drinks on uh, Tuesday night for the cocktail reception and a nice breakfast and a lunch as well and food and coffee throughout the day. Uh, not to mention, obviously, most importantly, the great information and networking. So, yeah, 375 until November 10th. After that, it goes to 475 And, yes, for companies that are interested in sending four or more people, we will definitely come up with a fair rate to uh, – to incentivize that and to reward that level of support. So yeah, we look forward to a great gathering and uh, it should be a lot of fun. Great. Thanks also to you and to SHI for all of your support. And we look forward to having you uh, at the event in a big way. Well, looking forward to it. And, um, and for those group rates is the best, uh, best way for them to discuss that with you just to, to email you or. Yeah. Just reach out to me or my colleague, Kelly, whose name appears on a lot of stuff in our promotions and on the website. Yeah. Just reach out to Kelly or I, and, and we'll get right back to you. Gotcha. Well, again, thanks so much for, for talking to our audience and letting them know about that. And uh, we've, we've kind of been teasing it in our podcasts. So, um, so those that are the, the faithful uh, listeners are, are looking forward to, um, to this and look forward to, to seeing you December 14th and 15th in Dallas. You got it. Thanks so much, Wes. All right. Take care. I appreciate it.